What's up, guys? Kumusta kayo mga kaibigan? Welcome to the Nick at Night podcast. My name is Nick. I'll be your host for the evening. And for our very first episode, our special guest is none other than Cherry Agbayani, my mom. So we've got lots of good content in store for you here. This podcast is brought to you by Cultura Tattoo. So if you're ever looking for quality work with quality artists, go to Cultura Tattoo in Garden Grove, California. That's K-U-L-T-U-R-A, Tattoo. Let's get started. I was born in the Philippines. I grew up in Manila, Manila, Philippines. Philippines has 7,100 islands, but I actually lived in the, you know, the biggest archipelago, which is Luzon, and the capital is Manila. That's where I grew up. And um, I'm the third child of five. Um, actually, we were supposed to be six, but my brother passed away when he was like two years old. And he passed away from SIDS, right? From SIDS, yeah. Yeah. We actually share the same birthday. Yeah. So we're exactly one year apart. Because you were the next one after him. Um, nope. He was the one after me. Oh, okay, okay. He's one one year younger. Yeah. Yeah. So he was supposed to be the first boy. He was supposed to be the first boy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be the favorite, basically. Uh, he was already the favorite at that time, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> oh, poor grandma. I know. So, but, and then I think a lot of people don't realize this is that like miscarriages are really common actually. Mm-hmm. So, I guess like grandma probably had to go through a few of those. Huh? Grandma had two miscarriages. Two miscarriages. Yeah. And that's not including Archie. Archie is the one Ar- that passed away. Yeah. So technically, yeah. um, we would have been eight. There, oh, okay, okay. Because including the two miscarriages, because mm-hmm. there's five. Okay, yeah. Then how did that? How did that affect Grandma and Grandpa? I think more. Well, I think it was really devastating for Grandpa, especially. I think um, all I remember was um, Dad. My Dad was crying um, for weeks on end, but but I was still little at that time, so I don't really know what kind of impact mm-hmm. um, that event had. Um, but for sure, um, Grandpa was really dev- devastated because that was the first boy. Had you seen Grandpa cry before then? Or that was the first time? I, you know, to be honest, I, I don't even... No, that was the first time, yeah. That did, was, you, did you ever see him cry after that? There was a... Well... Once, but I was older. I was I was already in like maybe fifth grade or sixth grade. Yeah, because I guess for the listeners who don't know, like in the Filipino culture, we're Filipino, by the way, obviously. Um, so in Filipino culture, it's not a very expressive culture, especially for the males, right? Like, mm-hmm. You're not. I guess it's like seen as a sign of weakness, which is like it's kind of a thing here too, but I think more so. In the Philippines. I think it's a male thing. That's true. Do you think it's more so in the Philippines than it is in the States? Because, like, I think I think back then, right, like, even in the States, it was a thing. But, like, now the shift in culture in the States 
has moved more towards like men being able to express themselves versus in the Philippines it's still kind of like that more I guess if that makes sense um I don't maybe it is a cultural thing maybe it's more of like I mean I'm only going to speak with you know for my family right um by large men in my family in in our family are not very <laughs> expressive um I think the women too though well especially women <laughs> yeah so maybe some, do you think it's more so the woman than it is the men no no what i'm saying is it's it's also depends on your you know the upbringing right yeah so like actually in our family on the agbayani side mm-hmm. men are more doting like i remember dadilo was you know dadilo was more approachable he he's very um he was very um doting to all the grandkids um whereas mamilo mm-hmm. was more stern yeah was she was she was very stern And so. and so, just to clarify, Dadilo is our is my great grandpa and mm-hmm. my mom's grandpa, and Mamilo is my great grandma and your your grandma. My gra- yeah. yeah, my grandma. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I guess so. I guess it would. I wouldn't say it's. Not, so having said that, I think it's not cult. It's not more of a cultural thing. It's really more. It's just us. It's just us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just us. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, definitely out of all the sisters. I think um, not that the not that the sisters in terms of like parenting are more than disciplinarians, but definitely a little bit more stoic. Uh-huh. And I've noticed like this pattern of all the titas and the ninas, the aunties, usually gravitate towards men that are more like you said, doting or expressive. Uh-huh. Um, and then Tito Mike is very doting and expressive with his kids. Uh-huh. And Tito Mike um, is my mom's brother. He's the only son. Uh, son out of their batch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it's an interesting dynamic that it's not just it's not necessarily like a Filipino cultural thing versus the states. It's more so on an individual basis. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's your upbringing. It's how your you know you, your family dynamics, right? Like if you think about pops. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, pops is way more doting than. I am. Yeah. If I am. <laughs> yeah. You just express it in different ways. Yeah. And I think I just had to... I, I had learned that over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, like, let's... Like, with um, either my friends or some of my, my cousins, right? Like, a lot of the struggles that they have with their parents is, I think, is rooted in not understanding or accepting their parents for who they are mm-hmm. and then they're expecting their elders and it's not just my friends actually like i think this generation of millennials and gen z mm-hmm. they're expecting the older generation to adjust to them and that's where a lot of their anger is coming from it's like you can't yeah. expect people to this is how they grew up this is yeah. the culture that they grew up in i think it's kind of unfair to expect people to 
to change and adjust to you. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I guess that's the difference between growing up in the Philippines and growing up here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up here. I mean, I was born and raised in the Philippines, and I moved here when I was 20 years old. But I've lived here more than half of my life. So what I can tell you is that, you know, growing up in the Philippines, you, you know, I actually lived in a very strict household. I, you know, we can never answer back to our parents. You can't reason out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the logic that we were told was, you're not supposed to do this because I told you so. Yeah. That's the logic, right? Yeah. Versus here, you know, you encourage your kids to reason out. Yeah. Like I've always told you when you were growing up, just because someone tells you this is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and in your mind and in your heart, it's not right, don't, you know, don't um, yeah. back don't just, down. Yeah. You know, you don't just accept things. Don't take it for, fa- you know, for yes. its face value. You need to yeah. make a decision. Trust but verify. Yeah, that trust and, the, yeah that's what I always say. Yeah. Trust but verify. And, like, I think, so, in comparison, because, okay, so, would I be considered first generation because I'm the first generation that's born here, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. so, I think, because I've been thinking lately about the comparison between Filipino-Americans who are first generation versus Filipino-Americans who immigrated here, right? Uh-huh. And I think for you guys, the, the generation that immigrated here, the culture of a very strict household of like do this because I tell you to do it uh-huh. is so ingrained and in, like generation after generation that's how it's been versus the kids that grew up here are exposed to a different type of um, upbringing by seeing other families by being s- like that by seeing other families and the actually actually also um, in school right yeah yeah. Like, in school, you're taught to think outside the box. Yeah. You're taught to, you know, find your strengths and capitalize on that, and that's going to be your future, right? If you're good at math, you're going to be whatever. Yeah. Uh, mathematician or whatever. Yeah. But, like, where I grew up, um, especially, you know, I went to an all-girls Catholic school, a private Catholic school. Mm-hmm. There is a huge emphasis on obedience. You have to be an obedient child. You have to be an obedient student. Yeah. So when you're told this is what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. then you're supposed to do that. You know? I think that's also... So there's also this difference in Asian culture in general. And well, a lot of like cultures outside of the United States. But specifically, Asian culture is a collective mentality, right? Like you do things for the sake of the community versus just like the sake of yourself and then american mm-hmm. american the united states like culture is um very i guess self-centered is not the word but it's geared more so your what you want in life mm-hmm. right and then that sometimes takes priority over what is good for the collective i think that's where a lot of the comp um the like the masks, for example, mm-hmm. I think Americans are like, well, why should I wear a mask? Because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But then like Japanese people, for example, who are tourists, you see them always wearing masks mm-hmm. because they already have this mentality of like, oh, I don't want to get other people sick. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's also an interesting cultural difference. And I, I, as I get older, I notice more cultural differences, even between me and my peers who are not um, either minorities or people of color. Mm-hmm. Or who didn't grow up in a household um, who, where your parents are, are immigrants. Mm-hmm. So that's also been an interesting thing that I've learned over time. And at first it used to kind of piss me off, but then, again, like going back to kind of accepting for somebody for who they are versus expecting somebody else to change and adjust to you and what you want. Yeah. 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 So that's something I had to learn over time. So you said you moved here when you were what age? Like um, about 20. 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. And then before... 20, 20, I think. Yeah, 20. So, so then before you moved here, right, so what was the main reason for the family immigrating to the, the States? Because most of our f- immediate family is here now. Um, <clears throat> nothing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's no purpose. I mean, just maybe just to, you know. Your motivation, like the main motivation. It, it, so grandma, right, grandma, when she was in college, she and our friends just out of the blue said, hey, you know, let's see if we can apply for a visa, mm-hmm. a green card or a visa, a working visa, right? As an architect. And, but she was still in college. They, she, you know, she hasn't graduated yet. And then she didn't think much of it anymore. It was just like, ah, okay, we'll apply. Yeah. And then I would say maybe a decade or 15 years later, whatever, she, she just for, completely forgot about it. So it was just like, whatever, we'll yeah. play, you know, we'll, we'll pretend we're, we want to go to the States. Um, she got, basically she, she received a letter from the embassy saying, Hey, you know, you were approved. You just need to go through the process and not only you, um, oh, grandma already had, um, Tita Jinky and Tita Heidi then. I I wasn't born then when she applied for it. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, okay. And the rest of your kids. Yeah. can have green cards too so she just went through the process so that we can just have the option so, because you know when you when you have a visa when you have a green card you're eligible to work here yeah and grandpa didn't really want to live here because you know he has a business he had a business and he's just not accustomed to this kind of lifestyle yeah you know do you think do you think if he if he didn't pass away, do you think he would have come? No. No, he would have stayed there. He would have been like um, Tita Winston, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, but Tita Joanna is, is Green. in the Philippines too. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Grandma would have stayed and gone back and forth? Or would she have come here? Well, <clears throat> well, she ended up coming here. She would have, you know, you know if initially she was just going back and forth until eventually she decided to move here because I decided, well... I decided to stay here for good. It was because I don't have to ask permission to go out from my parents, you know, from, from grandma or from, yeah. you know, so when I, it, it was really more of that. Yeah. Why I wanted, I decided to move here or to, to stay here to, and I have, you know, I have the ability to do that because I have a green card. I had a green card. Who, who was the first one to come out here? He's a jinky. Ninong Jiki came first, and then you and Ninong Heidi. No, Ninong Heidi. And then a few years later, I came here. Oh, okay. So it kind of went in order of oldest to youngest yeah. then. Yeah. 
So when Ninong Jinky moved here, Ninong Jinky's the oldest. When she moved here, how old were you? Um, so I I would say I was um, 15. Oh, wow. Maybe 15 or 16. I didn't know that. Maybe 16 because, okay, she's three years older. 17, I'm sorry. 17. I did not. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And then three years later, you went. I didn't realize that Ninong Jinky and Ninong Heidi were living here already when you were still oh yeah in the philippines yeah did, did you have did you have like or had you already graduated college yeah. at that point yeah in fact my ticket i had a round trip ticket i came here for vacation with grandma and then grandma said well what was you know i i told grandma well why why don't you go first I'm just going to, you know, because I was having fun with my sisters. And she said, okay. So she went back home. And then a couple, um, I mean, a couple of weeks or maybe a month later, I said, I'm not coming back. Yeah. I'm not coming home. So, I'm, you know, I'm staying yeah. here. And then since Nino and Jinky and Nino and Heidi were already over here, was Grandma like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was fine. Hmm. So then, okay, so the... People's Revolution, right? Mm -hmm. So can you kind of explain that, give a brief overview of that? Because I... Can you give a brief overview of the People's Revolution <clears throat> and when when that happened? So, um, that it's actually called the EDSA, EDSA Revolution, right? Um, it happened in, in, in 1986. I think... In the 80s, in 1986, I think. Um, so basically, it's just <clears throat> the people just revolted against the um, then president, because um, President Marcus, the late President Marcus, because they they just think that you know he should just not be the president anymore because he's a dictator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, sounds like a. Um valid reason for a revolution. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the corruption, killing of the well, supposedly there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, it's actually reported that, you know, he's, um, he's very, he was very corrupt. Um, he had a lot of ill-gotten wealth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and he was, he was a president at that time for 20 years. That's so crazy. So, and the reason why he was able to be president for 20 years was because he um, enacted uh, martial law martial. for yeah. most of that time. Yeah. Right. And um, then, and so... Well, not most of the time, but he did He did enact um, martial law at one time. Like, I, I'm what they call the martial baby, because oh. I was born in the 70s, right? Let me see. Edson, I'll look it up right now. Edson Revolution... Edison, Edsa. Edson. Oh, Edsa. <laughs> Edsa. Edsa. Why is it called Edsa Revolution? E D S A. That's actually um, the huge, the biggest highway, or the biggest. Um, oh, yeah. and then they they flooded the highway. Yeah, that's right. Huh? It's a name of a person. It's an acronym. Oh. Well, yeah, but it's a. But it's also the highway. Yeah. Was it named? Was the revolution named after the person or after the highway? After the highway. 
These people fought <laughs> on Edsa Road. <laughs> it's named after both because it's named after the highway and the well, highway is named after the person. It was built and was called Edsa. <clears throat> Let's see. Hold on. I want to see. Oh, it doesn't say. Um, it's also referred to as the Yellow Revolution. Oh, okay, because of the yellow ribbons during demonstrations. Okay. Well, <clears throat> because the opposing party, yeah, Laban, their color is yellow. Okay, so that makes sense. But it's more commonly <clears throat> referred to as the Edsa Revolution. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then if that happened in... Let me double check the date. If that happened in... 86. 1986. 86. Okay, I see it here. If that happened in 86, so how old were you... And it thinks Pops. <laughs> My Pops is in the in the background. Okay. Um, if that happened in eighty six, how school. old were you? You I were in, in high school? school. Yeah, I was in high okay. school. And that's you were in high school at the point 15. where the people flooded the the streets. Mm-hmm. And then from what I've learned is that the people flooded the streets. Um, and then Marco said to the military, "Go out and quell the yeah quell the people." The and he told them to. To shoot them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they refused to. They refused to, so there were nuns um, that went in front of the tank, mm-hmm. the military tank. I don't know what you call those. A tank. A tank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they were, they knelt, and they mm-hmm. showed, you know, their rosary. They knelt. The flowers. Beaver, people were, and they, they couldn't do it. Yeah. The, the military couldn't do it. So, eventually... Um, Eventually, what happened was the military defected. So there was a coup, yeah, a coup d'état. So that's that's how he was forced out. Well, um, the American government actually, you know, mm-hmm. uh, supported he, him being thrown out. Yeah, that's interesting because um, because in some of the things that I've read. At one point, I was reading a Filipino history textbook mm-hmm. at the at a certain point. I don't know. I started getting into it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and also in, like, other articles, too, they're saying that, like, Marcos was basically, like, he was able to stay in power for so long because uh-huh. the state supported him. Uh-huh. Okay, so that might okay. And mm-hmm. then, um, and so that is, it's known as one of the few bloodless revolutions. Yep. "Quote unquote bloodless," because I'm sure there was bloodshed yeah. in order to have the revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a few a few years later, China tried to do the same thing. They went on. The that's street. right, and the tanks just fucking, <laughs> fucking ran over them. <laughs> that's so bad. I shouldn't. Well, I think the main difference instead is, of stopping, you're just like okay. <laughs> I think the main difference too is yeah. I would think, in my opinion, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, it's the religion, right? Yeah. yeah. Most Filipinos are Catholic and very religious, so. So they had that. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I know, I I remember when I first learned about it, I was like, if there would be a bloodless revolution, it would be the Philippines. (laughs) It would be the Philippines. They were like... "Mm." I don't feel like doing it today. Let's just have lechon in the streets. I'll just throw the you party. Some, I'll just throw, you know, pandesal at you. <laughs> so then, okay, so did that have any... Because that's what the Bible said, by the way. Oh, throw bread? Yeah, if somebody throws rocks at you, throw it, you know. Really? Or, or maybe, like, turn like, the other cheek? I oh, oh, maybe just that's turn just the other cheek. Yeah, I think that's just a Filipino <laughs> saying. 
That is a Filipino saying. Yeah, I don't about. think the Bible says throw pandesal at somebody. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a Filipino saying. Somebody <laughs> threw a rock at you. Throw a rock at you, then throw a bread. Well, I guess it worked. Well, so I, I, I would throw bread with with rock as palaman. <laughs> <laughs> and palaman, so for the listeners, palaman is directly translated to... Um, filler. Filler, okay. A filler. Um... Okay, so... So I'll put, I'll put rocks inside the pandesal. <laughs> you might just cushion it. I don't think that will, that will hurt anyways. <laughs> so did that have any bearing on on you guys moving to the States? Because, again, so from what I've heard from talking to some, some Filipinos is that after the revolution, uh, there was... Um, not a mass migration, but a lot of Filipinos ended up coming to the States because um, there was better economic opportunity. It's true, but I'm, that wasn't the reason why. You just didn't want to have to ask permission to Yeah. Because <laughs> my parents are, are very strict. <laughs> yeah, I went to Hawaii, so I didn't have to ask permission to go out <laughs> yeah, right. after I graduated high school. So when you got here, so, okay, the first time you came to the States was when you came to visit with Grandma, and that's when you decided to stay here. That's not the first time I visited here. When was the first time you visited? Oh, 15, 14, 15. Uh, just for vacation? Yeah, we came I came, We came here every year. Oh. For, for vacation. Hmm. Just like us going to the Philippines every year for vacation. Mm-hmm. So it's like the reverse now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, when you moved here... And you actually started living here. What would you say was the biggest challenge that um, you had um, being an immigrant? Well, first, first, first of all, it's finding a job, right? My first job was data entry. I was just typing people's names and addresses in a computer. Um, I guess as an immigrant, because I know, you know, we learn history differently, right? Yeah. So sometimes, I would, you know, I, I would have fog <laughs> moments, right? Yeah. Like, you know, people will talk about, um, I think I remember one time um, I was at work. I was, I was not even 21 years old, or maybe I was 20. Yeah, maybe I'm, I was, I, I was barely turning 21. I was my second job. Mm-hmm. And it was Veterans Day, <laughs> and and um, some this guy, you know, it was really close to him. He's a really nice guy, and and I go, why are you wearing your why you why are you wearing medals? He goes, it's Veterans Day. I'm like, okay, what is this for? This one, this one. I go, what are you a veteran for? You know, <laughs> of what? Oh yeah, I you know I. I did the Vietnam tour. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean the the Vietnam War? Yeah. I'm like, but you guys lost. Why do you get a medal? Why did you get a medal? So funny. And, and he's, and then the guy behind him was like, no, no, like motioning, <laughs> like stop. I'm like, and he looked at me and he said, yes, we won. We won that war. Well, my teacher told me in history class, <laughs> you guys lost. So anyway, so he Basically, let, everybody else learned that the U.S. lost, except for the U.S. Yeah, well, now well, of I course, know. Of course, you can see they're going to win. I, I, that they won. I, I feel like it's, you know, 
a medal for participating. <laughs> well, you know, because okay, because I grew up in the American education system, right? And the history that we learned, of course, you know, when I was younger and learning it, I'd take it at face value. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, and again at that one point that I was starting to get really get into Filipino history, mm-hmm. um, and then I learned something different, and mm-hmm. it just blew my mind. Yeah, it blew my mind. So that to me, that's the same. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the challenges of being an immigrant because you have, you know, learn you learn. I learned different things from what, you know. What, what was what is taught here yeah. and so i have though i had those um those moments where like, moments oh, where oh, like yeah. didn't you lose the war <laughs> yeah and i i was just being candid i wasn't yeah. insulting him or whatever so the guy you know one of my other co-worker said you never say that i'm like well that's what my teacher told me so <laughs> i don't know so but so <coughs> i learned my lesson excuse me so, so basically, like, the biggest challenge that you had is, is, um, I guess, yeah, that would be a cultural difference. Yeah. Because culturally, yeah, because, well, I mean, like, I guess it's, it's interesting that I had that same experience, even though, not same, but, like, a similar experience mm-hmm. of being shocked by differences in histories, mm-hmm. even though I grew up here and I was born here. Mm-hmm. And I think, um... I think a lot of a lot of the people in my generation are are having that moment. We're like, hold on a second, it's not yeah. what they said it was. Yeah, and then another thing too is, um, I mean, there's certain things that like there's a culture shock for me. Like, yeah. like in the Philippines, if you call someone stupid, oh yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's a big fight. Like you can't mm-hmm. just say, hey, you're stupid. Mm-hmm. That means it's just basically, you know, yeah, very degrading very demeaning right yeah here it's just you can loosely call someone stupid hey you're so stupid yeah like i know right <laughs> you know it's just, and, and and again it's interesting because i've noticed i've also noticed that even being somebody that's born here because when i started my tattoo apprenticeship right i i was working in a shop that's all filipino mm-hmm. and some things that i would say that were okay with my peers yeah. were not okay with with that. my boss at the time mm-hmm. because he grew up in the Philippines mm-hmm. primarily. Like I remember one time he was joking about getting a tattoo of B on his face, mm-hmm. just like messing around like B for blood or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, don't you mean B for bitch? And he's, he yeah. got really upset. And he was like, you don't say that. Yeah. If you were a guy, I would fight you. Yeah. Like, you're okay. Yeah. I so saw- seems really sensitive, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. 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 And then even, even in interacting with my, peers that are not minorities uh-huh. right so like i have a friend who's caucasian and um in our culture right when you're driving in the car and you have your friends in the car it is extremely rude uh-huh. for everybody to sit in the back and you're the only one in the front oh it's super rude like i take i'm like to me i'm very offended by it because that's how we grew up it's yeah like, i'm not your driver yeah because we have drivers yeah, back home. yeah. And, and so it kind of actually they hit me today the reason why that is but i remember being in the car and both of my two friends sat in the back and i'm like yo somebody needs to sit up here with me mm-hmm. and they were like no no i want to sit with my girl and i'm like no, no no it's it's really rude like come on guys yeah yeah and that it, it bugged me for a long time but uh, you know, it took me a second to yeah. understand like why they don't think that's rude. And another thing, I oh, I, I remember, I recall like, another culture shock for me was religion. Mm. Um, 
when someone, when I remember someone saying, like, someone telling me, I was baptized Catholic, but I'm not Catholic. So I'm like, yes, you're a Catholic. Yeah. And she's like, no, because I don't go to church. I don't practice anymore. I'm not a practicing Catholic. I'm like, how can you not practice Catholic? Your religion. Yeah. Or someone telling me that I don't have any religion. I'm like, what? Because, you know, I... That's not a thing in the Philippines. Yeah. Because it's a very... Yeah. Heavily Catholic. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, yeah, like country. I said, I went, it's, it's not, at that time it was 90% Catholic, 10% Muslim. Muslim or. Do you think that's a statistic that's only in the North? Because the South is very heavily Muslim. No, that's why. That's what I'm saying. That's just in the, no, it's just entire, the entire country. Really? I don't know why I thought but, it would be a larger Muslim population. No, but it's changed now. Right. It's changed now. Not only do you have um, Muslims, you have, you also have Christians, like the non-denomination Christians, where, so they call them um, the born again, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but when someone told me, you know, told me that, I think she she was one of my, um, she was one of my auditors and she said, no, I I don't practice any religion. I'm like, oh, you don't. You Satanist. How are you going to blaspheme? You, you know, you're not gonna get, <laughs> your soul's not going to get saved. Yeah. You, you know what's, uh, what I found interesting too is that, and, and this is a little bit different because Judaism being Jewish is an ethno religion. So mm-hmm. it's not just your religion. It's also like a type um, part, like your ethnicity mm-hmm. as well. And so I, I watch a lot of reality TV shows, obviously. And so on <laughs> the TV shows, it's called, um, what was it? What's it called? Love is Blind. Uh, and so the girl is Jewish. <laughs> the girl is Jewish and the man was going to convert for her, even though they met literally a week ago and they were going to get married, which is the premise of the show, obviously. So um, the parents were explaining to the guy uh, that even if you don't convert, the children will still be Jewish because it's passed on through the mother. Hmm. So it's, I guess it's, it's interesting that so, it just made me think of it. So is Eric not Jewish? Queer Eric? <laughs> yeah. I guess not. I don't know. Did Dida, did Dida SB ever convert? No. No. After you moved here, you moved here when you were 20. So at what age did you get into your first marriage? I was married at 24. You were married once before. Yeah. Before my I was boss, ma- my cur- your current husband, yeah. my stepdad. I was, uh, I was married at 24. Mm-hmm. I had you at 25. I don't know why I thought you had me at 24. No. 25. I was 25. Okay. Yeah. So then, and that obviously was not ideal. It was not a... It was not a good marriage, basically, is what we'll describe it as. It was a fail. It was a fail. <laughs> Would you say that that's the biggest faux pas of your life? Is the first yeah. marriage? <laughs> you know, my dad used to say you're allowed to have three mistakes, three big, big mistakes in your life. Did that take up all three? That took all three. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very careful right after that. <laughs> yeah, 13 years with, with Pops before you married him. Yeah. Exactly. That's extremely cool. Oh, because I said I'm, I'm Catholic, I'm only going to get married once, but then I got oh. married. So I said, I'm so only. That's why it took so long. No, I said, I'm only going to get divorced once. So. 
<laughs> I think that's your your second best. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so then considering that that was uh, that took all three of your biggest mistakes, mm-hmm. right? What was what did you learn from? That what did marriage? I learn? I learned that strong relationships are made of love and trust. No, love and respect. But without respect, there's no love. Yeah. Hence, you know, you can't you can't stay in a relationship where when circumstances is not ideal anymore. You know, yeah. you don't you don't prolong it. You don't you don't change yourself. You don't so that you can be in that relationship, right? Yeah. Cuz like you can love someone, you can really love someone and if there's no respect then it doesn't matter. Yeah, so exactly. love isn't enough. To me, when respect is thrown out of the window, love comes with it. Yeah. You know, cuz if you respect the person um, you're not going to do the things that's harmful mm-hmm. to the relationship, right? Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. Because then you could think if there's no respect in that relationship, then even if you think you love that person or that person loves you, if there's no respect, then they don't yeah. actually love you. Yeah, exactly. And they may think that they love you because that's probably the only way that they know how to love. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just dumb. <laughs> they just don't know. They're dumb. That's they're why. They're dumb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> When so you had me at twenty five, right? What was your biggest? What would you say was the biggest challenge of parenting? You. (laughs) (laughs) Valid. It wasn't the easiest child. Um, I think. Um, trying to instill my culture. And the way I was brought up, to you at the same time, being more American, right? Like I had allowed you to. I mean, if it were up to me, you would have gone to a Catholic, to a Catholic school. But then I figured, yeah, yeah. Um, but you did go to Carden. I did. Was it a Catholic school? No, it's a French it's school. Par- it's a oui. French school. We. S'il vous plaît. S'il vous plaît. We. Je So yeah, so and that you know, just trying to, like, like I said, when I, there's a huge part of our culture is obedience, right? Yeah. And of course, I wanted to instill that, you know, in you, but uh, <laughs> that was another fail. <laughs> I learned eventually. Yeah. Like last year. (laughs) That's, you know, I I don't know why I didn't expect that to be your answer. I don't know what I expected your answer to be. Well, I expected it to be you. (laughs) But, you know, um, okay, because I'm 27, you had me at 25. So now that I'm at that age that I'm thinking about, okay, when I have kids, this, this, and this, I'm thinking about, okay, how am I going to raise them, right? Yeah. And then that's also crossed my mind of like, well, I want to, would want to raise them the way that I was brought up. Mm-hmm. And then I see some of my other friends, they have kids now and they're doing it in a different way. And then that makes me think like, okay, well, like, which way is better? Yeah. That's, that's, I guess if the, you think about it, that is the biggest challenge, right? Yeah. You, I, I moved here because I didn't want to ask permission anymore. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be... You know, I mean, I still, I mean, I guess not that I don't want to be obedient anymore, but I yeah. just want to have freedom, 
right? Wow, we both moved away from home with the same <laughs> with the same concept. I, I guess. <laughs> so I wanted to have that freedom. Yeah. But at the same time, I wanted to raise you where you know with the same values with the same values right yeah. the same values because yeah. i feel like well yeah you know what i love because and I, I because i wanted freedom and then i got hitch which is dumb but i had you you're like okay well, that was too much freedom no more freedom yeah and, but then i feel like you know i don't want to make i don't want you to make the same mistake so i was thinking had i listened to my parents mm-hmm. then i would have had avoided, avoided that. you know yeah. marrying <laughs> Voldemort. <laughs> you shall not be named. <laughs> you know, yeah. he has no name. <laughs> and then I feel like, okay, maybe we should, if I should do this, she will listen to me. And that's why, what do I always, what did I always tell you? I'd rather you learn from your mistakes than, than yeah. do it on your Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that, that I did not understand, like your reasoning behind it. Um, until literally within the last year or last couple of years. Until you mature. Yeah, exactly. Until I grew up. Until you matured. And um, uh, it like, you know, slowly over time we'll have these like epiphanies like, oh, okay, so that's why she did that. And then again, that makes me start thinking about, okay, when I have kids, this is how I would want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? This is how I would, these are the values that I would want to impart on them. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids yet, and I'm probably not going to have them anytime soon. Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> I'm not so, ready. <laughs> I still have time to think about it. <laughs> um, what was your favorite moment of parenting as a parent? Favorite moment as a parent, or your most, uh, yeah, favorite moment as a parent? Oh, a couple of years ago when you matured. <laughs> <laughs> anymore i'm just kidding <laughs> no you're not <laughs> oh okay what's the favorite part i mean i can't say when you <laughs> i can't say i can't say the day you were i mean i should say the day you were born right but it was it was really hard <laughs> you wouldn't come out how long were you laboring for? 24 hours oh my god see okay see that's the thing is like i'll be thinking like wow you know what like three kids or something would be cool or like I don't know. At least three, and then I and then I hear about like the process of giving birth and being pregnant. I'm like, oh my god, I don't know, because my best friend from high- Crystal, you know Crystal, she's she's got two kids, and she you know she's every once in a while I'll talk to her about it. And she's telling me like all this. It's painful and all. That. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's the thing, right? I believe, I think that when you give birth. The angels take away the memory of pain. Because hmm. you remember that it's painful, but you get pregnant again. So why do that? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really remember it. You just know that it was painful. Because yeah. you know when you when you when you hurt yourself. Yeah. You'll never do the same thing again so that you won't get used. <laughs> you remember the pain. You'll I'll never break my leg again because it really hurt last time. Exactly. So you'll never, you know, you'll never climb the tree again. Yeah. Because you remember how painful it was. But childbirth, people say it's painful, but they keep having kids. So that's probably nature's, na- also nature's, um, 
key to yeah the, know, the organisms <laughs> reproducing. <laughs> Angels take away the memory, the pain, the memory of the pain. So, if you could go back and have another child, would you? No. <laughs> Maybe yes. <laughs> the best. <laughs> I mean, I, I we tried. <laughs> oh, actually, I do. Now that I think about it, yeah, because for a do-over, <laughs> <laughs> I turned out great. Ah, twenty-seven about? years later. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. So you don't think you would you would go back and have one more? Yeah, I will. Yeah, for a do-over, just <laughs> <laughs> so I can correct the things. <laughs> I'm great. I don't know what you're talking about. Because you, I, I mean, I only had one, you know, one shot. <laughs> uh, well, other than me being your biggest achievement, you know, in life, <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you say is your other than me? Okay, remember, what would you say is your biggest life achievement that you're proudest of? Um, I think I was able to plan my future after I had you I planned it and executed it mm-hmm. you know because um, I was in you know I have a degree in economics right minor in business and so I was working for a finance company Ford Credit right mm-hmm. I was that of the audit department but that at time and during the 90s it's um, people working remotely or people working from home is unheard of um, unless you're an IT mm-hmm. person. And so I said, you know what, I need to I need to be able to uh, work from home sometimes because, you know, I'm a single mom. And so I got another degree and I got my computer science degree before the age of 30. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I have both the educational background of finance and IT and then I was able to leverage that to you know Reach to, pro- to progress my career yeah you know so I think I'm proud of that, that yeah you know I was able to do I was I was actually working full-time um and then I had a second job at my school working for the dean and and for another professor and then as a single mom mm-hmm. so and I graduated from Laude here in the in the states or in the Philippines the or states. both oh both <laughs> did you really do both yeah really yeah oh wow I really fell short <laughs> but you know I think that I think that um because seeing Okay, so growing up, like, I always saw you always on the go. Like, always Mm -hmm. doing stuff, always um, working and working hard and excelling at what you do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's genetics or if it's also um, because I saw that all the time, that it made me want to do that, even though I didn't always do it. wanted to do it yeah. <laughs> just didn't always do it thinking unless, it, I, unless it was something that i was really interested in like water polo mm-hmm. you know i did really really good at water polo or like math i don't mm-hmm. really like math and then those were the times that like i think i was trying to replicate um 
the work ethic that you have. I'm just not as consistent or I haven't, I have not reached the level of consistency mm-hmm. yet, but, um, that was, and you know, I think to myself, whenever I'm starting to have, um, or feel like overwhelmed by whatever challenges are coming up, mm-hmm. you know, because opening up a business has been challenging. Mm-hmm. There's times that I feel like I, I call you and I'm like, Oh my God, mom, I just need to vent. Mm-hmm. And I start feeling overwhelmed or I call pops and pops is like, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> Cause like, if this is the worst problem you have, like you're fine. Yeah. You know? But, and then, so I think, um, you know, whenever I talk to you guys, it always reminds me, um, if you guys as immigrants could go through the things, the challenges that you guys went through, you know, you, Pops, Mama, Papa, Grandma, uh-huh. um, you know, everybody, and then come out successful like everybody has, uh-huh. then, you know, I know I was born here uh-huh. with an advantage, then yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, and then on top of that, I also have like a really large support systems, you know, which a lot of people even here don't have. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's something that, that I don't know if I've told you before, but that crosses my mind whenever I have challenges and it helps me a lot. Yeah. And I think it's also like as far as work, work ethics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a very driven person. And I yeah. think I, um, Mamilo, who's the matriarch of our family, she's, she's very driven too. And you should read some of the articles written about her and her interview. She's in, in back home in the Philippines. She's very, she's a subject matter expert in the agricultural world. Um, and so is daddy though. Right. But more so mom, more so mommy Louise, uh, um, she's just, she's just like mama. She's, she's really the brain. Right. So she's a driving force. Yeah. Yeah. She's a driving force and she thinks out. she would, you know, she used to think outside the box. She tried to grow grapes in the Philippines and everyone told her she couldn't. Mm -hmm. Well, she did. But she just spent more money growing them. But she, <laughs> said, she did make yeah, then making money. Back, yeah. But she said, "See, I can grow them. It's yeah. just expensive, so I'm not going to do it anymore. But I can grow them. You know, that seems like a very agbayani. Yeah. Well, she, but technically, she's what, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. that definitely seems something like something that runs in our family. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you, you, you tell me I can't do it. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go do it. Show you, I even if it's it. not. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it because you said I can't do it. Yeah. So that with that, and then at the same time, so I have that um, role model, right? And even grandpa, grandpa, you know, at one point, grandpa owned um, a trucking company, a freight service. You know, he's, he's a business owner. Like, he's a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. He owned several trucks, mm. a freight service, at an age of 19, Wow. Yeah. The age of 19. So then I had that, you know, I also had that um, role model, right? But then you come to this country knowing that you're almost like a secondary citizen because... Second class? Yes, yeah, a second class citizen because you're not an American citizen. I wasn't. I was yeah. a green card holder, although I can work here. Um, luckily, I speak English, right? But... My education is not American education at that time, but it's also an equi- but it's an equivalent of an education mm-hmm. in America. So I, 
I had to work harder to be to be recognized. Yeah. You know, to be where where I'm at right yeah. right now. So you, I worked harder. Um, I try to I try to separate myself. You know, this is how I separate myself from my peers by continuing to learn, mm-hmm. asking more questions. Being, and that was one of the main things that you. I remember I was I was trying out for the volleyball team, mm-hmm. and I was talking to you about it, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it because I'm super short. Mm-hmm. And you were like, Ask the coaches questions because mm-hmm. they're going to see that you're interested. So even if you suck, yeah, they're going to see that you want to learn. And I did yeah. suck, so yeah. I don't know how I bite the team. But you made it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get played. because yeah. I still suck. You can still put it on your resume. You, yeah, you were on a volleyball <laughs> team, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. You ask questions. You show that you're interested. You go over and beyond what they ask you. They ask you five. You give them six. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you don't. I, I never said that's not my job. That's not part of my job description. I'm think in my mind. I'm thinking. Well, you know what? You're asking me to do something that's beyond the scope of my job description. Mm-hmm. Maybe because you trust that I can do it. Yeah. Maybe because you can see something in me. Yeah. I would. I would think more of positive, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah, because you know. Um, and again, well, okay. So not only were you an immigrant but also a woman mm-hmm. right and so that's just an extra um something a a hurdle. extra an extra hurdle that yeah. you have to overcome in order to be recognized mm-hmm. and um again another thing that i noticed with my peers is that when they're working jobs it's like oh you're asking me to do more than what's in my job description like you know screw you like i'm not gonna do that you don't pay me enough versus yeah. the mentality like you were talking about i was like well I'm going to prove to you that I can do it yeah. so that, okay, I can get the promotion or something. Yeah. And obviously there's going to be situations where the employer is just taking advantage of you. Yeah. But for the most part, I feel like there's cop cars, Garden Grove. <laughs> GG. <laughs> um, I'll wait for it. Um, yeah, I've noticed that with my peers that are also born here but you recognize though if people are just taking advantage of you right so if you're going i've I've had to learn to recognize it yeah you have to recognize it i mean i don't get me wrong when when i'm going over and beyond and i'm getting overlooked at when it comes to promotion when it comes to you know or or promotion or getting more responsibility or races married or merit races or Mm -hmm. bonuses and that's when i say bye yeah, you're not afraid to quit your job. No, because I know I can find another job, yeah. right? Yeah. They're, they're not afraid to get let go of someone mm-hmm. just right then and there. Why would it be? Why would I be afraid to quit? Yeah. But then, of course, I have to have a, a backup plan, right? right. I'll never yeah. quit because... Just don't be, quit when you don't have another job lined up. The best time to look for a job is when you still have a job. Yeah. Because if you don't get the other job... You still you still have a you still have a job. Yeah, that's true. So so would you say that like what helped you develop your work ethic is just the role models that you had, the role models and my aspirations and your aspirations and it will and also just being like naturally driven Mm -hmm. because for me my work ethic it would come in in spurts Mm -hmm. right like. And, you know, I'm sure you obviously saw it. It's like, mm-hmm. I would do... <laughs> I would do really, really good for in the beginning. And then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I would fade. 
And then I would see that, like, oh, my God, I'm falling behind. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to catch up. Mm-hmm. And then i fall behind again. Mm-hmm. And so then I, that was something I had to learn was consistency. Consistency. Yeah. What really helped me was podcasts. Hmm, there you Actually, go. yes. I was <laughs> listening to podcasts. Because it was like, a, a, as a, like, if I listen to it regularly, that it just constantly, it regularly reminds me of the values that I want to um, embody, uh-huh. which is a good work ethic. So I see it and I want it, but it was like, I just needed a constant reminder. Uh-huh. What would you say, okay, so overall in your life, right? So we've talked about basically from beginning to up until now, you being born in the Philippines up until now, in that time... We talked about what your greatest achievement was. What would you say was your biggest heartbreak? Uh, my biggest heartbreak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must I say it? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm your greatest achievement. <laughs> my biggest heartache is we're coming to the end of the good bottle of champagne. Right? I know. We should have gotten two. Um, it is a really good bottle. Like, I don't even have a headache. Yeah. It's my way. It's my way. <laughs> Next time we'll get vuv. Um, my biggest heartache, I've, well, I know this. It's, um, at first I thought it was, I was thinking about this when you decided to be a tattoo artist. (laughs) (laughs) But then I figured, you know what? It was more of a heartache, not because I'm disappointed in you or disappointed in your, you know, your career choice. Yeah. But it was more, it was a heartache because now I realized that I was just actually imposing Mm-hmm. what I wanted mm-hmm. for you to become, right? It's yeah. not what you want to be. Yeah. So then because of that, we had a, a period of a non, a, a not good relationship, right? Yeah. So, so the root, so really the heartache is from that part where I was not open-minded, mm-hmm. which caused us to yeah have that, you know, a period of, Indifference, I yeah. guess. Well, and and um, unless you're just not obedient. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder where I get that from. <laughs> mm. Well, you know, because okay, because as I was saying earlier, was I feel like the turnaround in our relationship because we did go through a period of of a lot of conflict, mm-hmm. a lot of conflict, mm-hmm. and then sometimes, um, you know, I think like friends or like my peers that only know me recently when I'll say, yeah, you know, like it was really bad at one point. They're like, really? <laughs> you know, like they don't believe me. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, it did really get really bad. But like the turning point for me was when I was like, when I accepted you for who you are and it's what it sounds like is that like, it was the same turning point for you. It was like you also accepting me for uh-huh. like what I wanted what you want it. Yeah. Yeah. It turned out okay. I yeah. have a shot. <laughs> we tat- trust the process. We tattoos. <laughs> I mean, could it be like shop with purses and shoes? You put purses at the front. <laughs> so Hermes purses at the front. <laughs> okay, Chanel. Not in this, na- not in this neighborhood, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, shout out to Cultura Tattoo. If you need a tattoo, uh, we're located in Garden Grove, California. Um, it's uh, spelled K U L T U R A Cultura Tattoo. Um, so, okay, at the end of all this, right, if you could impart one lesson, right, let's say, like, you're, you're dead, okay? <laughs> you're, you're dead already. What, if after you're gone, like, 
what would you want the one lesson that you, if you could choose, what would you want that one lesson to be that you leave to me or to, or like, for our listeners? Right? What do you want them to learn and take away from this? Okay, so for, for the longest time, I think when I was a kid, or I, I, don't, I don't even know why I thought about this when, when I was a teenager or whatever, I always figured, like, what kind of person, what kind of a person do I want to be? Do I want to be a kind person? Do you, I want to be a strong person? Do you, how, how do I achieve that? Like, how do I, how, how do I know I'm achieving that? Mm-hmm. So I always said, when I die, and I want people to say, and when they give their eulogy on me, these are the things that I want them to say about me. I, I want them to remember me as, for example, a kind person. Therefore, I want to be kind when I'm still alive, yeah. right? I want them to say that, oh, she's a very, I don't know, generous person. Not just, not with money. I'm talking about time and, you know, other resources, right? Therefore, when I'm still alive, I'll be that person. So the person that you want to be, think about it and in the way you, so basically what you, what you want people to tell you, to t- talk about you during when you're dead, yeah. that's the person that you're going to be. So basically in summary, think about what you want people to say about you when you're dead. Yeah, but not, yeah. not because, because I want them. I, be, not because I want their approval. Yeah, this is the person that I want to be. This is the person I want to be remembered yeah. as. And then genuinely be that person. You know, I heard that in a podcast also. Oh. I was listening to a podcast uh, really quickly. The podcast is uh, School of Greatness. It's a really good podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. It's helped me a lot. Um, it's helped me learn a lot of things that my mom has literally said my entire lives, but when I heard it in the podcast, I don't know why it hit different. Yeah. Because um, you're, you're, you're not obedient. Yeah. Daughter. Or actually, I can't, you know what? It, it, it might have been another podcast. The other one is um, um, Life Coach uh, Life Coach School or something, Life Coach Podcast. But they basically said, you know, in order to be the person that you want to be, think about who you want to be in the future and then just pretend you're that person Uh so it's kind of the same thing um so yeah okay so that's your lesson that you want to impart so before we end the podcast we have some listener questions Uh some questions that the listeners want to know okay um first one is what led you to your career choice um so i'm a so I do uh, risk management and compliance, right? I'm not the most compliant person <laughs> growing up. Yeah. I have, you know, again, <laughs> that's where you get it from. That's where you get it from. <laughs> um, I tend to push the envelope, right? So, yeah. but I think it's also because um, I, I always, it was almost, I was lucky that I was, put in this position in auditing. Mm-hmm. Um, I started in auditing, right? At my job, um, I afford credit. Mm-hmm. And then information security, mm-hmm. you know? 
So I was... Um, yeah, I, I used to tell people you were a security guard. I know. The teacher asked me, <laughs> you don't look like your security guard. Yeah, all five, three of me. <laughs> that was my that was my understanding at the time of what you did. Yeah, but I did information security. So. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, it was a career choice because... I, the finance auditing is because, you know, I was... I guess because they thought that I was really good at it, right? Mm-hmm. And then second... Um, the information security because I went and got my computer science because I wanted to be able to work in IT and be able to work from home, you know, occasionally as a single mom. So that that's what led me to... So it kind of started off as necessity and then you ended yeah. up where you yeah. felt like you were like meant to be. Well, yeah. So it was a necessity and then... Um, I, so I, I would be able to provide and then I guess I just became good at it because you know i wanted to be good at it mm-hmm. i wanted to be a lawyer you could have been a lawyer. yeah that was my first choice yeah, Your contra vida. yeah. <laughs> second question is did you see yourself doing this career as a kid and how long did you have to quote-unquote grind to get to where you're at no like I said, I wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. In fact, remember, if you recall the story that I was supposed to go back to the Philippines. Hmm. I came here for a vacation. I had a round trip ticket, but I decided to go back. I, I, I decided to send it back mm-hmm. to and stay here because I was, so my major was economics. I was going to be my pre-law and I was going to go and try to get my law degree. Yeah. But then I wanted freedom, too. <laughs> so IT security it is. So, yeah. So then um, I wanted to be, because of necessity, I went into, you know, technology, IT tech, um, IT security. And, um, you know, now I'm in risk, risk management. And how long do you think, I mean, I guess it's just like it's been a grind all the way through and it's a continuous grind. So it's not like... Yeah. You've had to grind up until a certain point, and then you're done. No, I was. Just, yeah. No, it just kept on evolving. You know, I'm given I'm given different roles because I think I have proven that I can take on. You know, different roles. Yeah. Uh, third question: You get to go back in time mm-hmm. and tell yourself one thing. What is it, and why? Don't marry Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> I think the why is self-explanatory. <laughs> okay, fourth question. What are your goals now? And have you, again, quote-unquote, have you been crushing it? My, my goal? Uh, uh, my only goal now is to, well, no, I wouldn't say only. To, to keep, remain healthy. I do have some, you know, some maintenance meds but I'm predisposed because it runs in the family yeah high blood pressure I'm starting I'm starting already <laughs> um to keep you know to stay healthy as you know as long as I can mm-hmm. keep going to the gym trying to eat the right food um and also you know have a happy family yeah and I'm crushing it yeah I would say yeah I would say so yeah that sounds like what's going on you want to check my abs yeah. <laughs> Check out no, my I'm going to get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so question number four, or number five, I'm sorry, uh, from Jessica. What are your views on leashing children? 
That's dumb. <laughs> I mean, what if you have a kid? <coughs> what if you have a kid like Ethan and they keep running off? What if you? What if you really have to leash your kid? Let's trap them in a stroller. <laughs> Okay, number six. Are you an ugly crier or do you look good crying? First of all, I, I, I've seen you cry maybe like once. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. First of all, my tear ducts are for display only. They're, they're clogged. <laughs> no, no tears come out of those. No crying. So yeah, the no, question doesn't apply. So, and then number two, even if I cry, I'm never ugly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Thank you so much for coming on my podcast and being my first guest. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I think this has been a success. I hope so. And um, I hope you had a good time. I had a good time. I think the champagne helped too. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. My empty glass. Thank you so much for listening, guys. That concludes our first episode of Nick at Night podcast. Make sure to stay tuned. Every Saturday, we have a new episode coming out on Spotify and YouTube. Go ahead and like and subscribe. And uh, if you liked what you heard, go ahead and follow us on Instagram as well. It is at niq.at.nighht. We'll see you next time.
Thank you so much for listening, guys. That concludes our first episode of Nick at Night podcast. Make sure to stay tuned. Every Saturday, we have a new episode coming out on Spotify and YouTube. Go ahead and like and subscribe. And uh, if you liked what you heard, go ahead and follow us on Instagram as well. It is at niq.at.nighth. We'll see you next time.